Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. Yes, it's time for Weekend Gardening. That must mean that it's Saturday morning. Well, for us it is, depending on where you're listening and when you're listening. It might be another day or even in another time zone. Who knows? That's okay because gardening goes on all the time and it is my great pleasure to be able to be here and talk with you about it. There are so many things happening as the season changes. You know, hello, it's October. <laughs> and one of the things that we all begin to think about, of course, is yes, indeed, that coming Christmas, indeed, the coming Hanukkah, that coming whatever you celebrate in the middle of, um, in the middle of the the winter time, in the darkest nights, we like to brighten them up. And I've got one way su- to suggest to you today. Nobody asked me to do this, um, but I got to tell you that one of my favorite cookbooks is Between the Levees. It is a rice primarily cookbook, but it's every every everything from literally soup to dessert um, with rice and so many nifty spiffy family recipes from the Delta of Mississippi. So I want to encourage you to go to deltabluesrice.com and order one. Order two. Order one and give one away and keep one for yourself if you don't already have it. It's a great cookbook and um, you know what a fan I am of their products and I just got an email from David saying that they have them back in again and I looked up on the website this morning just to be sure and in fact it is. It's right there. So it's called Between the Levees. It's a great gift for somebody that is either a cookbook collector because there are a lot of those but it's a really practical book of recipes for somebody that is just trying to understand more about rice and how to cook it and all the different ways it can be used and frankly it's historic because it has so many things that come to us from generations past you know we've been growing rice a long time in the mississippi delta thank goodness and my goodness you know, I'm a brown rice girl, and Delta Blue's rice, brown rice, is terrific. But so is all their other rice, because I've tried it. <laughs> anyway, get yourself or a friend a copy of Between the Levees, and, and be glad that you have the opportunity to do that, because it's a good cookbook, one that you will like. I um, Do you dream a lot? Does it, do, you, do you dream? I, I, I know we all supposedly dream every night, but you just don't necessarily remember them. Um, I had a night last night where I, I dreamed at least two different dreams that I can remember this morning, which is very unusual for me. But I had read an article, and maybe that's why that's why maybe that's why I can remember them today. The um, researchers have recently found out that the REM state in your sleep, which is of course one of those active most active points, is also um, increasing the percentage of blood flow in your capillaries so in other words the reason that the dreaming phase matters isn't necessarily just because as we understand it you were processing what happened before and and maybe coming up with some insights you know in in the process of doing that but also because it's a way of cleaning our brain and you know we could probably all use a little bit of that so i'm happy to say that whew, i i had 
plenty of dreams last night. So I'm feeling my capillaries are all piled up for you today. Nothing clogged. All my brain circuits are working, and I hope yours are too. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line, and it is open to you this morning, of course. And indeed, so is the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I remember learning about the parts of the brain um, as a I don't even know, probably middle school, maybe elementary, but I. I I'll grant you I had an accelerated education. The whole purpose of the education that I had coming up, um, which I've talked with other people about it, they they really wanted to keep us out of trouble. So they got us... They made us learn all sorts of other things, all the way from the parts of the brain to things like ballroom dancing. We just had to learn all of them. And and if you were so busy doing all that, you didn't really have time to do a lot of other stuff. But there's there we we found time, however, down the way. Luckily, this particular story is making me very happy. the The notion about the hippocampus being the brain's storyteller is one that's been around for a long time, but we've got better um, understanding of how it works now. And in this particular case, they created stories, played them to the volunteers who were in the brain scanner at the time. And then the next day, as the volunteers recalled the stories, they compared the patterns of activity in that part of their brain, in the hippocampus. What they saw was, thank goodness, what we were hoping for, the pieces of the coherent story. Um, learning those pieces and putting them together was actually more similar than it was different between people. So in other words, the, this, this tells us about how these memories are woven together in most people's minds. When you get to the second event in the story, you know, um, I always think of whenever anybody tells me to tell a story, I think of Hansel and Gretel. So there you go. But so Hansel and Gretel leave the house and the next part is, of course, they see the witch's house. So that's the second part. When you get to the second event, you're reaching back to the first event and embedding it as part of it in the new memory. That's how we know that when they went on their walk, they got to the house that they decide later is the witch's house. They don't know that at the time because she seems very nice, as unfortunately predators will do. So if this, this is your hippocampus doing the work for you. Um, and that's important for us because those of us who love stories and those of us who also want to know how connected memories are formed, make it, it makes a big difference in the way we think about things. And indeed, there'll, there'll, be indeed, there'll be lots more work now that we have managed to put together coherent memory in a pattern. That makes a great deal of sense. Daryl from Columbus, welcome in. Let's talk about your blueberry plants. What's going on? Hey, Daryl. Yes, my blueberries are putting on it. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yes, my blueberries are putting on these uh, new sprouts, and they're growing rapidly. I was wondering if I can cut them off and how much I can cut off. Well, it's not really a good time to be doing any pruning on blueberries. They're they're more likely to begin to to go into a little bit of dormancy than on their own and if we start pruning on them right now i'm afraid that we will end up with more new growth that then is vulnerable to you know about a month and a half from now when it freezes in columbus it will be chilly on them and i don't want that damage to happen if you can just leave them be that's fine now of course if there's if there if something's overly crowded and you need to take it all the way out down to the ground level 
believe me, I should have done that a couple of times on my blueberries. <laughs> That's why they're over my head now. But if, if other than that, I don't want you to just start pruning on them. If you need to take out one whole cane, that's fine. But if you if you need to do other pruning, wait for that. Okay, and when should I wait? Uh, early spring or what? Well, um, are you growing in, in a home garden or are you growing in a commercial setting? No, they're a home garden. Okay, okay. just wait until after you pick the fruit next year, and then you can cut them back by as much as a third. Wait till when? After you pick the fruit next summer. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. You can put it on your to-do list for next June. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Appreciate okay, hearing you from you today. Day. Take care. Thank you. You know, one of the things that we always look toward is pruning, and sometimes it slides past us. Um, I'm in the midst of moving a few shrubs, getting them ready to be dug up, so they've all been pruned, and sure enough, they have all put on a little bit of new growth. I just have to hope that here in, in the midst of the the urban area of zone eight which is fairly warm compared to other places that i'll have the opportunity to get them moved before they get me into any trouble but there are different things different approaches that we take based on what we're growing the blueberries for for home consumption pruning is best done after the fruiting that gives them the rest of the summer to thicken up their growth and and put on some good good um healthy wood for the crop the next year yeah my my REM sleep was very active last night. <laughs> One of the things that I've been getting questions about at Mama on Air at yahoo.com this week has been about planting. What am I planting? Are you planting native shrubs? And it I, I, I do have a couple of native shrubs that I'm moving around um, in, in the garden at the moment, but this is a perfect time to be thinking about that. You know, um, we take for granted what's up close. For example, driving in to work today, I saw the first full-sized goldenrod in bloom. One of my favorite sites over in a field. I don't want it in my yard. Not because it doesn't make me sneeze. That's not the one that makes you sneeze, I promise. But if if it's a it's a big plant and it takes up a lot of space and you got to you have to really want a bunch of it because it's tall and does take up a good bit of space. Well, there are other hybrids of it that are grown around the world as a very prized ornamental plant in a flower pot right next to your front door, but we don't we don't do that. So we don't grow goldenrod that way. We don't um, generally speaking we don't grow ironweed that way. Although we might should, it's really very pretty. But when I think about the things, bringing the things into the garden, I do think about the natives. I do think about the plants that have a life here. They not only bring a sense of place to the environment and to whatever garden you're putting, you know, front yard, backyard, anything, but they also are often easier to take care of because they're well adapted for years and years and years for this particular part of the world. I, um, I, I'm, my, my palmettos are putting on seeds right now. And don't, you know, if you have a lot of time, I think these palmettos were given to me as sprouts probably 15 years ago maybe longer and they've bloomed and flowered twice so they don't i don't fertilize them it's just a native plant that i really like the look of and i leave it where it is and it's grown on its own and done fine now i've seen some stands of it 
that are really fancy. They've been pruned and they've been fertilized and they've been well mulched and all this sort of thing. And as soon as that flower begins, they cut it off so it doesn't, you know, go take away from the stand of leaves and all these things. So you can do a lot of things with native plants is what I'm trying to say to you. There's a lot of choices and I, I hope that you will explore them along with me. I'm, I'm sitting here with, uh, one of my favorite lists to suggest plants from, and that's Bob Bruzek's list. He, of course, the I don't even know how to describe Bob anymore. For those of you who don't happen to know him, he is his day job is a landscape architecture professor at Mississippi State. But um, in in his in his in the rest of his life, he's a tremendous artist who is shown all over the place. And you should see both ends of his life, in my opinion. But his list of the shrubs and trees that we can be looking for and be planting that are natives is just a great, great list. So you should let me know if you want that. I'll be happy to send it to you. Um, let's see. Randy's in Corinth on the text line. He has gathered up some seeds from scuppernongs, and that, of course, is one part of the muscadine family. Um, is it possible to grow vines from seeds? Yeah. It, how young are you is the next question, because it takes quite some time. But, yes, that's – and, in fact, people who select varieties, people who breed, often will grow simply because they want to see the differences in a selection of seed stock. Um if it is a native vine that has been out in the woods somewhere, the chances are really good that those seeds are going to be the same scuppernong that you're looking at and enjoying. So that's a better bet in that case. If, however, it's a plant that someone brought to you from a garden center or that you ordered from somewhere it, that has a name, specific name to it, it probably will be their parent. It won't be that particular one. Um, the, the pronunciation that I know is scuppernong that sounds just like the word cup, only with an S in front of it. And scupper, scuppernong is just one of those beautiful words that we get to use here <laughs> in this part of the world. I am happy to tell you that the All Things Garden Mama Weekly has a headline this week. I will be speaking at Fall Garden Fest at Crystal Springs, October 7th. That's next Thursday at 11 a.m. I will be Zooming. Now, there you can, there's talks each day next week from 9 until noon. They're doing that to keep people's, keep the information flowing and let people also have the opportunity to be a little bit less in less of a crowd. Um, I'm Zooming because I'm not, I'm, I'm not okay to go and, and be in a closed room and, and speak to 100 people like I used to be. But soon we'll be, we'll be okay if we all just hang in here, don't make each other sick, we'll be all right. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate is that they're also doing this event on Facebook Live. So check out Fall Garden Fest. You, you know how to go to msucares.com. Check out the Fall Garden Fest information there. And by all means, um, join me on Thursday at 11 o'clock. The name of the top talk is... Garden Mama tells all. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'll be dishing the dirt, quite literally. Daryl in Philadelphia wants to know about pruning camellias. That is best done right after they bloom, and which is generally speaking in the winter. So you'll be doing that pruning in late winter, unless you have one that blooms at Christmas, in which case you'll be pruning them in the dead of winter because you want to prune within one month. Camellias, you know, the Sasanqua camellias start blooming here in a minute. And 
I always forget to prune that one because it has to be pruned so much sooner. In fact, I'm looking at one at my house right now that has way too many seed pods on it because I didn't prune it last year or probably the year before either. So if, you, if you've if you had that problem, after the flowers happen, make sure you prune the sasanqua. Then when the camellias bloom a little bit later on, they do start in December and bloom generally different varieties bloom through February, sometimes into March. Um, those those things need to be pruned within one month after that particular plant has finished flowering. It takes them the entire year to put on new growth and buds for the following year. Same thing is true of azaleas. That's why we prune them within one month of bloom. It's real important. I started off the Garden Mama newsletter this week with information about Crystal Springs, but I, I wanted to get into the joy of the wildlife habitat in the garden. So I did some of that, talked a little bit about um, my version of the, the difference between clumping ground covers and vining ground covers, because I do think both have their place. And for those of you who are in that new home ready to go, yeah, you can plant your lawn this fall. So I have some tips about that, too. If you do subscribe, as people are doing, I'm happy to say, I'm in the midst of redoing this newsletter database to be in January so that everybody gets renewed at the same time. So no matter when you renewed this year or when you signed in this year, you're going to get extra. If you renew between now and November 1st, you'll get all the way to the end of the year, and you won't be asked again till December 2022. Now, come on. That's a deal. Mama's worth it. Mama on air at yahoo.com. All right, now we're going to carry on. This is weekend gardening. Carry on. Don't cry, baby. Look at where you've been. Everybody knows. You just need to pray. Please, please, please. Go down on your knees. Carry on. Carry on. Put propane to work. Propane has become a leader in the industrial market because it offers a number of key advantages over other fuels such as lower emissions. Propane-powered forklifts produce fewer emissions than gasoline and diesel forklifts. Not only that, but when you look at site-to-source emissions, propane's totals are even fewer than electricity. Choosing forklifts that run on American-made propane reduces dependence on foreign oil and keeps jobs at home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family-owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No Drip Roofing and Construction. 601-371-1051. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? Quit wasting your time and get to Richland, Mitsubishi. We are your pre-owned headquarters. 
Yep, you heard that right. We've got an amazing selection of cars, SUVs, crossovers, and more all waiting for you. With such a huge selection of pre-owned vehicles, we're sure to have something for every buyer and every budget. Looking for a truck or Jeep? We have them. In two-wheel drive, 4x4, diesel, every brand, every size, lifted and customized, we've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hardtops, Softtops, lifted and kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV on us. Worried about past credit issues? Don't be. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Want to trade? Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. What are you waiting for? Get to your pre-owned HQ, Richland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. See dealer for details with approved credit. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Thinking about selling your home? Save your equity and list for less Mississippi. Don't pay 5 to 6% commission selling your home. Call Susan Dora with List for Less Mississippi. Susan is a full-service real estate brokerage company offering the sellers a cost savings. Susan gets homes sold and sold fast for top dollar. Give her a call today at 601-201-8783 or visit her online at buyhomeswithsusan.com. That's buyhomeswithsusan.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade. All right, now let's talk about spiders for just a moment. What is your reaction when you find a spider weaving a web in your garden? Come on now, be honest. Some of you grab the broom immediately and tear it down. Some of you, on the other hand, don't do anything for them and hope that it's going to be like a natural Halloween thing. I'm kind of in the middle, like I am about most things. I'm not fond of having to walk through a web on the way to my truck. Okay, so if there, if, if it's actually in the traffic pattern, I'm going to encourage her to go somewhere else by lifting the web up and pushing it. But in the back end of my garden, right now, even on a rainy morning, there's just a 
colony going back there, and they are busy, busy, busy eating insects that I don't want. The arachnids are doing a really good job. And unfortunately, none of them are the Joro spiders. They found the Joro spiders um, in, in Georgia. They're, this is really interesting. They've moved a little bit from there, but they probably came in in the shipping container on the Atlantic coast and have have moved in because they're also in South Carolina a little bit. Um, they're three inches long. They're loud colors, and with their feet, they're about the size of the palm of your hand, and people are scared to death and freak out and throw things and... They're eating the mosquitoes. Leave them alone. <laughs> That's the Joro spiders. They are our friends. Now, granted, I don't want to walk through the web on the way to my truck. Okay, I, I'm, I got that. But be nice. Come on, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Let's see. I see your pictures. Um, um, Mike's in Houston. Mike from Houston's on the phone. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Hey Mike, I see your good seeds. morning. I see your seeds. What's up? Well, I tell you what. Talking about spiders firsthand. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, about five, about two o'clock in the morning, I was up there inside my truck getting something, and I sit there watching the spider doing his thing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yep. But I do not like to be across my forehead or face i cannot stand them (laughs) well that's what i'm saying i don't want one on the way to my truck but i will look for them so that i don't walk into them in other parts of the garden i will avoid them and let them keep working (laughs) yeah okay those uh pods i mean those uh flowers Mm -hmm. flowers yep is that the pod underneath it probably it looks like it here's what you have to understand when when the arums when, when that when the aroids rather bloom um that it takes away from your leaf production so if you feel like you have enough leaves and you want to see what this thing's going to do go ahead let it bloom out and yeah it'll make seed um i'm going to tell you that it's about a 10 year process to go from seed to a bulb big enough to make another plant but that's okay we all have time right um it, and so the question is what do you want to do with them, and, and do you want to fool with them? I, if you have some seed starting mix or you have something like that, all you have to do is press these things into it. They're going to sprout, and that's that's how breeders mess with them is to start the seeds and see what happens. I'm going to do that. All right, and be sure and cut it all the way off, though. Don't leave it on the plant because you really do want your plant. What you want to be able to happen is for the leaves to die down naturally, and the, the flower kind of speeds that process up. You don't want that. Okay. Okay. The flower is already brown, but yep. do I stick the whole pod down in the ground? No. It's going to open up. Let it ripen it's up for open. you. It's going to open up, and the seeds will be in it. And how long the process is that? Probably? I don't know. I really don't know. I would say a you month, but I could be wrong. I'm already doing a new project. <laughs> Thank you, now. Look, keep me updated. Do I'm curious. Job. See you later. Pretty plant. I will say that. Um. Sorry that about that. Don't want that one. Um, let me see where this one is. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I have to say, um, Shaq and Biloxi, you're absolutely right. The spiders outside, beautiful. Inside, not so much. <laughs> so, 
and I'm serious. I have I don't I don't the trees are not there anymore like they were, but I used to have to walk under trees to get to my truck, and they we've cut those back over the last several years, so it's not as much. But there was literally the discussion with myself of should I park the truck somewhere else? No, <laughs> the spiders have an acre; they need to be out there. New lizard species has been discovered in Peru. Uh, this is going to be whatever kind of stuffed animal they're doing because this thing is too cute. This is in the Peruvian Andes at an altitude of 14,000-plus feet. Beautiful thing. Now, one of the issues is always how do we protect the environment and how come we just now discovered this thing? Well, part of it, the two things are kind of the same. In this case, they were investigating ways to conserve the area in the uh, Cotahuasi Subbasin Landscape Reserve, and it's a protected area in southwestern Peru, that's 1,900 square miles, so it's, it has a lot of individual spaces that they need to conserve and need to think about. And this was one of them. They found it. Um, the lizard's head is dark gray, but I'm telling you, this is going to be a stuffed animal because the females have pale yellow eyelids, and they are just stunning. They look like they've been professionally made up, but they have not. That's just how they work. That's just how they work. Um, please don't cut your roses right now, even in uh, even in Biloxi. But I'm, I'm going to tell you that, and you're going to go ahead and do it anyway. So I'm going to tell you, if you do it, don't cut off more than a third of them. <laughs> They're eight feet tall. They'll probably be, if the weather stays mild, as it is likely to do in Biloxi, you may have flowers again before Thanksgiving. So, it, it, But don't take more than a third down at, at a time. Okay. Okay. They would rather you didn't cut them again right now. But I know you're going to. (laughs) People do that. I like that. Um, John says that fishing in the rain will clear your brain. I know my grandfather felt that way. He would wait for it to start drizzling. Go out, catch brim. That was his favorite weather. Understandable. Those folks came up during the uh, Great Depression, and if you didn't fish, you probably didn't eat that night. So it was important to find the best time and go. I'm so fascinated by some of this stuff that we do not plant, things that we really ought to be growing but that we don't. When you go to the garden center and you look at, you see an idea, it's like so many other native plants. Unless it's in bloom or unless it is coloring up for the fall, it just looks like a green blob. It's not that interesting. And, in fact, it's prettier in the second and third years. They bloom in the springtime for quite a long time, but un- but unless you happen to see them doing that, you would just think, well, that's another one. You know, it's another one of those shrubs. Well, in this case, though, um, I really like little henry this particular one is fun and it's a sweet plant and blooms non-stop without anybody even hardly thinking about it it is one of the improved natives we have some natives that are just the wild natives and in the case of itia virginiana which is native to the eastern part of the united states it it would be probably four or five feet tall but little henry and garnet and some of the others are um about Three feet, two or three feet, depending on how you prune them. And they're just lovely, beautiful pops of color. Things that you do want to have. Things you want to be able to look at. Well, that's a good question. I don't 
know who it's from, um, so we'll say that it's Marion Madison, because we don't know. How hard is it to grow fairy tale pumpkins, which is a variety, by, by the way, of pumpkins, just like Cinderella pumpkin. It's These are the ones that are shaped that way. They're not hard to grow. Um, the hardest part is planting them in June and getting them going because the the first start of any kind of pumpkin vine or gourd vine or any of those things that make 20 feet of vine in the summer, they, their problem is always getting started. So it, once you do that, then it's just a matter of keeping up with water and fertilizer. Usually these kind of plants are best grown in a mound or in a really large container so that the vines can spill out and go across a lawn or or sometimes into a parking lot you know that's perfectly okay too but what you're they're not hard to grow you just have to plant in june and really plant them with a reservoir and by that i mean they need almost constant water and fertilizer especially at the beginning of their season but then they also got to keep it going because they got so much vine to grow before they can set a pumpkin so those are we we usually think of that as a homemade reservoir. Pull up a little soil in a in a four by four space, um, and when you go to plant the seeds in the center of that, you also dig a hole next to it, and you bury a gallon jug. For example, works real well. All you do is make small holes around the bottom of that one so that it can leak into the soil around the seeds. Then you take the top off, fill it with water and fertilizer. Put the top back on and keep it full of water and fertilizer, and that's how we grow most of the time. How we grow pumpkins and very successful gourds too. So I wish you well with that one. It's a it's a good one. It's a pretty pumpkin. Um, they do need hot weather, and they they're they're going to have they're not they're not the longest vine, but it's still a lot of vine. Still a lot of vine to give yourself the opportunity to. <laughs> If you've never grown a pumpkin vine or a gourd vine or a loofah sponge, all those things are the sort of thing that you can literally measure how many inches and sometimes feet they've grown in a day or two. It's just surprising. They're beautiful. I've never been to Easter Island, and it is not even on my bucket list, but i got to tell you, I just love the idea of using drones to be able to see things that you couldn't see before. And in this case, the people of Easter Island um, appeared, the European explorers reported in the late 1700s um, that they drank from the sea. And so do the horses even and, and the creatures that are there now. So how is that possible? Well, fresh water is pretty scarce on Rapa Nui. Um, that's, by the way, that's the name of Easter Island. So there's no streams there. There's no rivers. And there's only three small crater lakes that dry up in during regular drought all the time. So it, it's really interesting, though, that rainwater immediately sinks into the bedrock, which is very porous, and that feeds an underground aquifer, and that's what they actually drink because it comes out in locations on the shoreline. Isn't that interesting? We didn't ever know how this worked, though, until we had a drone that could fly over it and back and forth long enough to see it. We'd never seen it. I love that. Technology is so fun. So fun. Um, I do not. Sarah from Winona has a pepper plant. I do not know what kind of pepper plant it is, but I'm going to say that it's much more likely to be a hot pepper than and, than a bell or a sweet. That's all I can say because the leaves are shaped that way, but there's there are so many that are shaped that way. Okay. 
Okay. Let me know when it makes a fruit, and I'll probably be able to help you. I know a bunch of peppers by their fruits. Oh, my goodness. How pretty. Y'all are just, y'all are full of good things today. Beautiful flowers, Trey. Thank you. Lovely, lovely, lovely. We are so fortunate. There's a lot of places that are already starting to look at winter, you know. <laughs> it's not us, thank goodness. You know, on the, the uh, on the equinox at the in the fall, we always we hear so much about the winter solstice and summer solstice and all that, but at the at the fall point, which is not an equinox, it's not the right word, but the equilateral day, um that's the day when the southern hemisphere begins to move towards spring and we begin to move towards winter because of the way the sun shifts in her look at us on the earth and it's it's a time that i think we don't celebrate enough we we really do need to enjoy the change and as i said last week that cool weather that was it (laughs) we're now back to rain and back and forth but it is going to be substantially cooler within a few weeks i'm going to say that optimistically Speaking of Easter Island, Rapa Nui, and, and how people drink and what people do there and whatnot, um, I'm fascinated by this new work that's trying to look at the way people impact an island's biodiversity. N- not, not in other words, um, not not when they not by arriving, but by being there. So they they're trying to change the territories, challenge how they've been changed over the centuries to understand more about the way that. The people are indeed integrated into the life of the island, but there are always changes when human colonization happens, and to be able to understand what those are could probably keep us from making the same mistakes another time. Contrasting that long-term history really does make a lot of difference, and I think that's a wise project. Whatever's on your mind, I hope that you will decide you want to pitch in this morning. The text line, the call line, it's all available for you, and so is Van Morrison. This is Weekend Gardening. business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. 
Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trusted advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 864-3752. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland has your answers for urinary issues. The Encella treatment option for urinary leakage is your solution. Sit down comfortably, remain fully clothed, and get rid of incontinence problems. If you have 10 minutes to spare and think this treatment option could change your life, call Innovative Health Clinic today to set up a free appointment, 601-944-5585, or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. How should Christians relate to neighbors who don't share their beliefs? Dr. Michael Ziegler says the answer is neither isolation nor approval. Hear his message this week on the Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Super Talk 97.3. Indeed, Andrea is sending in beautiful pictures today. Gorgeous, speckled zinnias. We don't know if that's actually their formal name, but they're really beautiful. They look as if just enough paint has been flashed onto them, you know, from the end of a brush. They're, they're really speckledy and pretty, pretty colors. Beautiful rose color on a cream zinnia. I like that. I would save seeds on that one if I were you. They'll probably be true, and it would be fun to find out. Scientists from McGill University have developed 
stronger and tougher glass. Now, you might think, why do we need that? We already have bulletproof glass. Well, because bulletproof glass is is actually very, very expensive for, for one thing. And for another thing, it has limitations in the way it can be used. What we're always looking for, of course, um, is the the attempt to find both the transmissibility of light as well as the non-transmissibility of anything else. So in this case, this is stronger and tougher glass. It has the resiliency of plastic. Can you say cell phone screen? <laughs> Come on now. You know you want it. <laughs> I love this. It's inspired, though, by the inner layer of mollusk shells, which it turns out is, is incredibly inherent, incredibly organic in the, the nature of, their, of the, the, the strength. There are trade-offs between that strength, the toughness, and the transparency and, of course, we know that laminating and tempering and all those processes that they put glass through helps to make them stronger. But once it's cracked, it's gone. So trying to find this um, to, to mimic nacre, to mimic Mother of Pearl, but to be able to be glass-like is to really take on that perfect design that nature has. Making it, this is interestingly enough, nacre has the rigidity of a stiff material. You know, that's the Mother of Pearl. Um, and, and it also has the durability of soft because it's built crazily enough. I just love this. There's the, the chalk matter, the stiff parts, are layered with soft proteins that are very elastic. So this means that if, for example, think of this on a grand scale, if you could do this on a house so that it was it had strong, strong parts, but it also had very, very elastic parts, you, you're talking about earthquake resistance, okay? You're talking about a lot of things that would be very positive in our world. But in the first place, I just want the cell phone screen not to get cracked. And that's what I, I see this stuff being perfect for that. Um, there was a thing, and I remember once it being trying to translate something in it, it, it from from it, the Romans. Anyway, it was flexible glass, and I couldn't figure out what in the world that was. Um, supposedly, the inventor bought a drinking bowl made of that material, but unfortunately, it dented instead of shattering, and so that whole thing has gotten lost, however. But maybe we're getting back to it. I don't know. What do you think? The retro, the reflexive index and all that kind of stuff is is specifics for this but the point is that if mother of pearl is built with strength and elasticity to a greater extent than other materials well i think that sounds very positive sounds very positive um sarah hey sarah um what i said sarah is that i don't know what pepper plant that is but i suspect it is a hot pepper um as opposed to a bell or sweet pepper I would need to see the actual fruit to be able to tell you because the the leaves look too much alike for my untrained eye. I do know people that are pepper specialists that could probably tell you. Oh, there he goes. Trey's got the purple tops and the broadleaf turnips getting going. He he sews together, and it's one of the prettiest things you'll ever see. <laughs> I love it. Did you know that zebrafish can anticipate danger? I had no idea of this. This is one of those things that... We need to learn from the fish, of all things. Um, they're, they're particular neurons, and when we have that very simple brain that something like an angelfish has, it's easier to study what they do. That's why they do this. But these particular neurons monitor, they don't determine anything, but they monitor whether the predictions that your brain makes are coming true. For example, 
if you turn left down a hall, if you if you go f- straight forward, is, are those decisions correct to avoid the virtual danger? Well, it turns out that the the <laughs> I really want to see this virtual reality outfitted aquarium. I want to see the little zebra fish with the hoods on, you know, dry swimming around it. No, that's not how that works. But anyway, I would love to be able to see this up close, though. They found that there are certain neurons that allow for very efficient risk avoidance. And basically, tattoo into the brain, create that hazard map so they don't make that mistake again. I love that. I wish that my brain was as easy to understand as that. You probably do, too. But publishing in Nature Communications... They're telling us about um, fish and humans, of course, and everything else really needs to try to predict at least the future of, for example, is there someone in the crosswalk where I want to turn right? Okay, just real practical kinds of things. And in this case, the the brain will pop out with prediction errors to let you know that your expectations were off. I, I think of that as when I hit the curb. Okay, when I go to want to turn the corner and there's a person in the crosswalk and I don't want to hit that person. So instead I hit the curb. Well, my brain will say you need to adjust to your left a little bit for that. You weren't going to hit the person. You're fine. But that's how our brain does these things. And in in the case of deciding things about safety and about um, keeping keeping away from other problems. Well, it goes right back to the story that I brought to you earlier the way our hippocampus works in humans is to put those memories and sew them together. But we also need the neuron out there to make sure that the ones we're sewing together are the ones that work. So I think that's really great. I love knowing more about um, our brains on a regular basis. I think that's important. I am doing some uh, scouting in my garden this week. You probably are, too, because there are some vines I do not want anymore. And I'm trying to cut them down one more time in hopes that they will be suppressed by the winter weather. Well, we don't know if that will happen, but it sure does make cleaning up the hedgerow easier to not have Smilax in it. If you don't know Smilax, I hope you never have to meet this particular weed. But if you've ever had a kind of triangular shaped leaf on a vine that is so full of stickers and thorns, then there's 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 small ones, there's ones you can see, but there's even other ones that will get into your fingers that you can't see. That's why you have to wear your gloves when you pull weeds. But if if you understand that this is a lovely vine that people call greenbrier in other parts of the world where it doesn't escape and climb up your azalea bushes and everything else, you, you understand. I mean, it is pretty, but oh, my goodness, don't let that one go. The one that I'm controlling, not I'm not just cutting it out. I'm, I'm not I'm, I am cutting that one out. The one I'm not cutting out, but I am controlling rather is Euonymus Americanus. But there are some birds that hit my garden every winter that love the seeds on that plant and they are pretty but then they seed again so there i have another one coming up over here and back over there and this and that they're they're not an unpleasant plant but you'd have to control where they are or they can really be bullies um quite a few of you have commented on the clever photograph that i put up a couple of weeks ago to promote the radio program um yeah, it, it's a cashmere bouquet flower, and there was a mouse in the top of it, a little tiny mouse. And yes, it was in my courtyard. And yes, my cat was sitting in the chair ignoring it a foot away. Now, I've never said that my cats were big mousers, but even I thought there'd be some reaction from the cat, if nothing more than just to leave. You know? 
<laughs> well, the mouse left. <laughs> but yeah, the cashmere bouquet is one of those things that can get in your way if you let it. And it turns out it, the mice like it. I had no idea. Cutting those down, too. <laughs> yeah, it's breezy out there, my friends. It's beautiful. And I really do hope that you like autumn as much as I do, because my goodness, it's the best gardening time there is. What are you doing? Let's talk about it. This is Weekend Gardening. a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Angie Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. During a Senate Armed Forces Committee hearing Tuesday, Senator Roger Wicker asked the nation's top military officials how the pullout from Afghanistan has affected the country's credibility with our allies. Our credibility has been gravely damaged, has it not, General Milley? I think that our credibility with allies and partners around the world and with adversaries is being intensely reviewed by them to see which way this is going to go. Uh, and I think the damage is 
one word that could be used, yes. And Ford is breaking big ground in the U.S. CEO Jim Farley joined Fox and Friends to talk about one facility that will be built in Tennessee, just about an hour from South Haven. We're going to build the biggest plant we've ever built in the history of the company, six square miles, to build all electric trucks in Tennessee. We have a battery plant on site. It'll be a carbon neutral manufacturing site. It'll be called the Blue Opal City and built at the Memphis Regional Megasite. I'm Andy Davis. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Plus, you could save up to $150. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to Viasat.com slash connect now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T dot com slash connect now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See Viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. Speaking on the future of the NCAA, Mississippi State President Dr. Mark Keenum says meaningful change needs to occur, especially in terms of its role in enforcement. All our members are accountable for the rules that we've all approved and make sure everyone does right. And if they don't, then there's a, an investigation and then there's going to be a consequence if you're found to have been in violation of rules. That needs to be done in a very timely manner. And unfortunately, we, we've not seen that from this organization. Keenum is chairman of the College Football Playoff Board of Managers. The 162nd Mississippi State Fair gets underway Wednesday. Ag Commissioner Andy Gibson says it's all about making memories. Every year, I think as a child, we win as a family. And it, it's all about those family memories, bringing your children out, letting them have a good time, doing things you don't get to do every day, seeing the animals at the livestock show, and then hopefully these other experiences will, will, will make some good family memories. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. We're in the month of October now. Ole Miss is at Alabama. Crimson Tide ranked number one. Ole Miss is ranked number 12. 2.30 is a kickoff in Tuscaloosa. 12.30 is the airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. Mississippi State is at Texas A&M. 6 o'clock kick there. It's 4 o'clock airtime this afternoon on the MSU Football Network. It's a battle of the Tigers and Baton Rouge. Auburn takes on LSU tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles open Conference USA play against the Rice Owls at Houston and Rice Stadium. 5.30 is a kickoff there. Golden Eagles are one and three, and the Rice Owls are also one and three. Other action in the Southeastern Conference: Arkansas is at Georgia, Tennessee is at Missouri, Troy is at South Carolina, Florida at Kentucky, UConn is at Vanderbilt. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. 
Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. And college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD, and you can help. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online to coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. The Mississippi High School Activities Association has voted to change the end of the regular season for all six classifications. Due to a lack of officials, they have voted this past week to move up the final regular season games for the Class 4A, 3A, and 2A. They will end their regular season on Thursday, October the 28th. Classes 6A, 5A, and single A have voted to move the end of their regular season to November the 4th. According to Executive Director Ricky Neves, this will allow schools in 4A, 3A, and 2A extra day to prepare for the playoffs while it does the same for the next week for 6A, 5A, and single A. The playoffs will begin for the 4A, 3A, and 2A on November the 5th. The 6A, 5A, and single A playoffs will begin on November the 12th. And the Sanderson's Farms Championship will conclude this weekend. Round three is today. The championship rounds tomorrow at the Country Club of Jackson. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. I am Garden Mama, and it is a great day. It's October, y'all. Woo-wee. Gardening season... Football season, cooking outdoors season. Yeah, it's spider season. It's all those things. Let's talk about it. The Super Talk call line, 888-8088-637. The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Have another question from Pat about um, pruning those camellias. Um, if you grow the Sasanqua camellia, well, the name of the plant is Camellia Sasanqua, but it will generally be the one that blooms in October and November. Um, those We still have to prune them within a month after flowering, so they're basically going to be pruned by Christmas. The Camellia japonicas, the big flowered ones that we tend to think of as corsages or floating or, you know, those kind of flowers, um, those are going to be pruned again with, within a month after they finish, but because they bloom early, mid, and late season, you may have some that you're pruning as soon as January, others that you won't prune because they haven't bloomed yet, you won't prune them until March, okay? So just a month, within a month after is the best time. Um, Mickey, hey Uncle Mick, wants to know about adding compost to the bed and to, to leave it there until spring, that's a great idea. Um, that's absolutely a great idea, folding it in now to sit all winter. I like it. It's real smart. You can also do that with a, cr- a cover crop, if you have some alfalfa seed, for example, you can sow that out there and just turn it under when it gets about three inches tall. That'll make an on-site kind of composting going into your bed. Um, there's all sorts of ways to do that, and I hope that you will. If we do some soil improvement now, we have a lot less to do later on. That is for, sh- for certain. 
Children who eat more fruits and vegetables have better mental health. I think that's probably true of adults, too, um, if you think about it. University of East Anglia is letting us know that um, what they did was to study over time um, 9,000 children in 50 schools. Woo-wee. And they they did the well-being survey and then can track this over the years. And it's really interesting. They found that the types of breakfast and lunch um, eaten by both primary and secondary uh, school students were really associated with how they felt about things, how their mental well-being functioned after the day was going on. I know we have lots of classic things that we say about this. You know, breakfast is the most important meal, and and, and uh, if you're not if you're not starting off with with water before coffee, there's something wrong. And and, and, and I'm just on the other end of all of that. I like to have coffee, and then I like to have breakfast, but. We don't all have that that sort of time. We don't all have – not every day allows for that. But there is a growing recognition that establishing good habits early in life will, in fact, contribute to your mental health and your well-being, sense of well-being later on. And I think that's very, very important. I think partly eating more fruits and vegetables does imply that you are – sitting down and eating something. In other words, it's harder to eat them out of a sack in the car. So it's not necessarily impossible, but it's harder. And that that activity itself, um, as I've told you many times, uh, we sat down to eat in the evening when my children were growing up, even if we were all eating different things because they weren't all speaking the same food language at the time. <laughs> Lots of peanut butter in my house. By the way, there's some ramen. You know, there's, there's all sorts of things. It just may not be what they were looking for, but there'll be there would be something. If you're hungry at my house, there'd be something to eat. So that was kind of how I carried it. But you still had to sit down and talk about your day and say what happened, and you know, make some effort to connect with the old woman, be your mother living there. Tiny but mighty. Microgreens. How many of y'all grow grow or eat microgreens? I have radishes um, that I sowed into my salad table. They all came up this week. I did, the first pack obviously was not as good as the second one because the second pack, all of them came up. And I did go in and thin them so that they're right now standing about a half an inch apart. That is too close together for radishes to grow. But what I'm doing is I'm waiting for the second set of leaves to come on, and I will take out the one in between each of these, cut it with a scissor at the base, and I'll have microgreens to throw into a salad for a nice radishy bite. I love that. It turns out that if we thought this way more often, if we thought about the power of sprouts, um, I, I, I really do I honestly remember when sprouts became a thing in the United States, and everybody thought it was odd that didn't like them. I don't think it's odd. I don't like all of them, but I like I like all sorts of vegetables, so this was not hard for me to understand at all. You can produce microgreens in your kitchen in a pan just with a good light. All right? It's not very hard at all to grow. And there's extreme amounts of nutrition in these things. So this is um, part of a project that was titled... From Penn State, you know, they look ahead at a lot of things. They're a renowned horticulture school for a long, long time. But what they are looking at is 
food supply chains and the disruptions that happen and why they happen. And this particular paper, this particular project, rather, is titled Food Resilience in the Face of Catastrophic Global Events. So it is about how do we get past the the desert? How do we get past the food desert? How do we get past the opportunity where there's there's no opportunity to buy fresh vegetables for example, after a terrible storm, if one of the things that we included in all of our relief kits was microgreens and a small pan with some soil that was tied up ready for it, you'd have a way to grow grow nutrient-dense microgreens in about a week, even if you couldn't grow anything else at that particular moment. So it's something to think about. Um, We're already looking at growing them in space, so we can understand about that. But um, they're, they're no longer considered too cute they're no longer considered hip if you've ever purchased any sprouts in a grocery store you probably know why they're not all that popular because they tend to not get used up quickly enough and they are a very perishable crop but you can grow your own you can sprout them yourself in a jar or you can sprout them as as microgreens on a strata so it's it's real easy something to think about and so don't laugh if anybody gives you a, a package of microgreen seeds in your Christmas stocking this year. It uh, it won't be uh, it won't be unpleasant. It'll be a good thing, I promise. Speaking of food, oh my goodness, we may have found a use for Japanese knotweed, and it's not for eating it. But the, this plant is lovely, but it can literally grow over your shoes while you're standing there. It is that fast. If, however, if, however, this particular process um, from the University of Reading works out for us, publishing in Molecular Nutrition and Food Research, the ongoing worries about what they're, what they're saying in this study is that, <coughs> excuse me, people worrying about highly processed red meats, and people have always worried about this, they're just more worried about it now, focusing on the role of nitrite. That's why now when you go to the grocery store, you see more and more labels of uncured sausages and unprocessed so that it has no nitrites in it. That's the thing that tends to give us a little bit of problem. So what they've worked with is plant-based alternatives to replace those additives. And what they have shown now is that they can use this Japanese knotweed extract pretty successfully. I think that's amazing. It's a pretty plant, but it's not one I want. But if it'll do this, okay then, we might it might work for us. Most people in the United States consume too much salt. That's not a surprise. I'm going to say this now. Y'all know that I really love competitive reality programs. Um, I find that they don't sew enough. They don't craft enough. I can never get enough of that. But they sure do cook enough. And at the same time that we were doing stories here about the, oh, look, they got it. They fixed it. <laughs> at the at the same point that um, they got the, the notion about we need to have everything be a little bit healthier, um, a little bit better for you. We all understand that it's one of those things. Well, what starts turning up on every food cooking thing, back fat and bacon and all kind of things that are good but in large quantities are not really helping you. And one of the things they're not helping you with is the salt. So, <coughs> I'm sorry, mm, excuse me. Bread is one of those things that so many people have to buy. You don't we, hardly anybody bakes their own bread, so we're kind of stuck with what's in the loaf when you buy it. We understand that 
one of the things that we do when we make a sandwich, if we could just make it with one piece of bread, we'd have half the salt, for, among other things. But people just don't stick to one serving. If, you, if you're going to eat the sandwich, you're going to put both pieces of bread on it, sometimes even three. Sometimes other folks, of course, if you, if you put those yeast rolls on the table and nobody's had dinner yet, the yeast rolls are going to get gone in a hurry. Let's face it, biscuits too. So what we're trying to understand is trying to reduce the salt to an essential level, but without it being so oversaturated in everything. It really does help to get ourselves back into balance. And when one is out of balance, when we're having too much salt, generally speaking, we're also having too much sugar and we're probably having too much fat because that's what goes into what we've talked about here, those highly palatable foods you can't stop eating. So this is really interesting work that they're doing there, University of Illinois College of Agriculture, Consumer, and Environmental Sciences, to help us work on baked goods to understand the ways that we can reduce the sodium without sacrificing the taste. And that's what they're working on. Salt also contributes to leavening. So we're having to do a few things a little bit differently that way. And as they work on it, they're actually having good taste test results, which is a big deal to me. I think they should have had more taste tests when they were doing fake cheese, okay? Because if the cheese doesn't taste like cheese and doesn't melt it kind of gets off my list and i would like to eat less of the foods that are not so great for me most people would so i'll be paying attention to this one um this is it's we always think that it's just reduce the amount of salt but it's not sometimes they're putting in other things that are actually saltier just a different kind of salt that's not good either But we have to find things that are encouraging us to not eat so much salt. And I think we're looking again towards the world of herbs. We talk about all the time if you, for example, are cooking a tomato sauce and you're not putting in fresh oregano, fresh basil, fresh thyme, fresh herbs of any sort, then the need for salt to make those tomatoes taste like something is going to be a lot more than if you would cook with the seasoning herbs that are intended for that process. Just something else to think about. 888 That is the Super Talk call line. And, of course, the C Spar text line is 601-879-4395. I, uh, I'll be cooking today some of... Delta Blues rice is brown rice. I have discovered their baked brown rice recipe, um, and it, it is wonderful. So just get yourself to their website. Get yourself some of their brown rice and do this. But here's the other thing. Um, they Their recipe calls for, and I really love that they're this specific, two Turkish bay leaves. I don't know what a Turkish bay leaf is, but the bay leaves off of the tree in my patio are fine they were delicious for it and i did add a couple of other spices to it the second time i did it just because i I like that taste but um they're they're promoting right now at at deltabluesrice.com the fact that they have gotten back in one of the cookbooks that we all love between the levees it's a rice cookbook so if you've not seen that book and not used it you should go there and buy it but if you have you know it makes a wonderful gift. So get yourself over to DeltaBluesRice.com. And as I told the folks in the first hour, if you weren't here, they're not telling me to say that. This is just one of my favorite products and favorite companies. <laughs> so that's why I'm doing it. Love, love, love the cookbook. Um, I can still remember the 
the, the I know that the, the whole business of the rice cookery and rice cook-off and whatnot is always so much fun and just a great, great opportunity to celebrate that a little bit, especially for somebody that doesn't know that much about rice or doesn't know that much about the Mississippi Delta. It's a historic, wonderful thing. Oh, dear me. Angela's got the gripe weed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well... Yeah, there's really not any way to get rid of it. I'll tell you the truth. I, I need um, I need to set fire to mine, but I don't recommend that either. <laughs> Gripe weed, though, it, the main thing about it is to keep it from proliferating. And if you look underneath the, the stems, every one of them right now is full of seeds. And so you need to absolutely give yourself the opportunity to cut it all down before those seeds can mature. And don't compost them, okay? Okay. I just want to go on here and say that the past couple of weeks that we had with this different weather, I kind of missed the cold snap that we had a couple of weeks back, and I just kind of wish we had that again soon. See, the gardeners are always looking for that cooler weather. It makes us happier, but it also makes the plants happier in many cases. I saw someone's broccoli that they planted during that cool snap, and it was looking a little sad yesterday, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. It'll probably make it back, but ooh, that 89, 90 degrees is tough. Mike, you're in Greenville. What are you cutting back? Daylilies? What's going on? Hey, Mike. Hi. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? Good Mama, I wanted to uh, start trying to clean my yard up, and I have... Daylilies everywhere. Is it okay to run the lawnmower over the leaves? Well, there's three different kinds, you know. There's some that lose all their leaves in the winter. There's some that don't lose any, and there's some that lose some. So if you have the type that generally lose their leaves, that's not a problem. I've said this about my mother's daylilies. She had one stand of the old-fashioned yellow lemon drops. They drop every leaf in the winter. My dad parked the horse trailer on top of them every winter, okay? And they came right back every year. It wasn't a problem. But if you have evergreen daylilies, I would not be mowing them because that will just encourage them to grow more. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. Um, it's hard to know sometimes, but in Greenville, they have a little bit more um, more look at the seasons. So his have either started to die back or they've not. And in that case, it's it's a good idea to leave them be if they are if they're very green and particularly if they don't die down at all, then you're just basically trimming them a little bit, just trimming them just a little bit, not too much, not too, too much. Um, let's see. I'll be looking at some fertilizer from Donna. Have to see what that is. Bedding plant food. Hmm, interesting. All right, we'll check it out. This is Weekend Gardening. Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more. 
all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Philium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. It's a sale over four decades in the making. Miss Kelly's 43rd anniversary sale. Get up to $300 off our everyday low prices. Plus, take 60 months to pay with no down payment. Furniture trends have changed a lot since 1978, but Miss Kelly's never goes out of style. Stay on trend and on budget with this amazing anniversary offer. Up to $300 off plus 60 months to pay with no down payment at all Miss Kelly's locations. Spillway Diner, your local neighborhood family diner. Known for serving breakfast all day, Monday through Sunday till 2 p.m. They also serve lunch from 11 to 2 each day. And for a limited time, enjoy 20% off lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you tell them you heard it on Super Talk Mississippi. Spillway Diner, where you are greeted with a welcome and a smile. Located on the corner of Spillway and Old Fannin. For a full menu and customer reviews, check out Spillway Diner on Facebook. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber game attractant. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Selling turnips on a flatbed truck Crunching on a pork rind when she pulled up She 
had to be thinking this is where it next come from. She had Hollywood written on her license plate. She was lost in looking for the interstate. Needing directions, and I was a man for the job. There's a little country store with an old cold side. You gotta stop it and ask Miss Bell for some of her sweet tea. Ah, uh, the question is, can Miss Bell make sweet tea that doesn't make my teeth hurt because it's too sweet? How about half and half? Unsweet and sweet. Y'all done that yet? Do people look at you when you go up to the buffet and do that? They used to. They don't look at you quite as much as they used to. I want two lemons, too, to help cut through some of that sugar. <laughs> I like sugar. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I'm from sugarcane country. But, woo, we make some sweet tea around here that is impossible not to comment. <laughs> that is the truth. Um, who is this? This is Mike and Clinton on the phone over here. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Welcome in from Clinton. What's on your mind? I, uh have uh, recently come across some of my great great grandmother's daylilies back in the back in the woods. Wonderful. And I, and I wanted to know what's the best way to uh transplant those into my yard. Okie doke. Um are they in pretty good condition? I have two questions. Are the are the plants in good condition and do you have the place ready to move them? Uh, they, they seem to be, and, and, uh, and not yet. Okay. Do your soil prep, and then go out there. You can do that any time this month. They'll be fine. I would leave a few there just in case something happens, you know, but um, if you'll get your soil ready for them, get your new place for them, this is a perfect month to be doing that sort of work. Anything special in prepping the soil? Uh, it needs to be well-drained, and when you reset them, you want to make sure that you're not putting them lower in relationship to their crown to the soil than they were growing. In fact, you may want them to be just a slight bit higher. Okay. Okay, because they sink, you know. <laughs> they, things tend to sink. <laughs> right, right, right. How, how large a clump should it be? Should I get out around the bulbs uh, a foot or six inches? Or If you've got one strong set of leaves coming up, go about six inches out from that. But if it's tighter than that, go out, go six inches out from a bigger piece of it i still want you to leave a little bit of it in place but you may have to take out a section and then divide it depending on how thick they are okay to keep from tearing up the roots how fun what color are they they're red oh that's nice that's just wonderful she'd be so happy (laughs) i hope so (laughs) thank you all right thank you take care the legacy plants are really something that we just thrive on and there's no question we do thrive um in in a lot of ways about um things that we we don't know you know we want to find out stuff and that helps us to thrive some of this stuff too um and for example good question from doug from bolton um he he bought three bell peppers a red one, a yellow, and an orange in a package from Mexico. Yes, I saw those peppers, too. Um, will the seeds come up and be the same? No. So that's the answer to that. Sorry. I mean, they, they, they're they all hybrids. And where we used to say that each of these was simply a pepper that had matured into that color, they are different peppers. 
I mean, they they do mature to that color. They do go through green and then kind of a yellowish color, and then they either turn red or they turn orange or, you know, whatever. But they're, they're not exactly the same one, and most of the ones that you will have gotten in a package from Mexico are very much hybrids. It's not to say don't start a couple of seeds and try it, but just be aware that it may or may not be the same one. Okay? Okay. Um, let's see. Fertilize in late February. Yes. No, I wouldn't do it again. We're talking about these. The, remember the dogwoods that wouldn't bloom? She has sent um, a fertilizer label, and it's a good one. It's a low nitrogen, high middle number, lower third number, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. But it has very little nitrogen in it, and I think that'll be a good choice. I would not fertilize again next year. I would fertilize in late February as the plants are starting, and then I would not fertilize again next year, especially if you don't get any flowers. But even if you do, I wouldn't. Um, Let's see. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Corinne's in Jackson, and she is... She's just gone on a blackberry binge. She's bought another blackberry plant, wants to add it to a container that already has a blackberry bush in it. Should I cut back the two long vines after I plant it? Generally, yes, um, because not because the, the blackberry would need it. We would do that pruning in the summer after we pick the fruit. But anytime we plant something new, we really do want to be able to balance the, the roots and the top for it so that it doesn't go through a lot of transplant shock. So, yes, I would trim those back just a little bit um, on, on your way to getting them into the new the new container. I like that. It's a good idea, though. Blackberries are one of those things that are so easy to grow. It's just fun. More of us probably should have some, even in containers. Anybody growing raspberries? I don't grow raspberries very well, but some people do. Some people do. <laughs> Um, sure, you're very welcome. Thank you for that. That's very kind. Now we're going to fertilize turnips, huh, with Jim? <laughs> Jim, you're in Laurel. What are you going to fertilize your turnips with? What I want to ask you, Garden Mom, I planted these things about three weeks ago, and they up about three inches. Mm-hmm. But I broadcast them in an area about four foot wide, about 20 foot long. Mm-hmm. To thin them out, I know that. Yeah. I need to thin them out. Before I fertilize them, I'm going yeah. to do it with 888, I think. Well, you know, that wouldn't be my choice. But, um, yes, you need to thin them first. Otherwise, you're just feeding the ones you're fixing to pull out of the ground. <laughs> well, what about watering them shortly after putting the fertilizer on them? Will that make it soak in the ground faster? It's always a good idea, especially if you're going to use agricultural fertilizer, because some a, a piece of that sitting on a leaf can burn that plant up at a three-inch stage. So water after you fertilize. One other thing now, I've got a, a water oak. I've got a lot of water oaks here in my yard. I got one big one out here that there's uh, sawbriar growing up around it, and growing up in it. You can cut them down; they keep growing. I tried to get that root out of there, and there's a bed of roots in there about three foot wide. About mm. four foot. You don't get them up; you break them off. What can you use to get rid of them things? Oh, I would say the top of a concrete table, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. There's not going to. There's not anything you're going to spray or or pour in there that that's going to get rid of that root mass. So you just have to keep suppressing the top. Well, right now, I got a ton of sand dropped out, dumped out there. I was landscaping it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but them and things come up through that sand. Oh yeah, they yeah. like that. 
move it out of the way, I guess, and pour a slab, pour the cement on top of it. Or just keep on, if you just keep on and keep on after it, it's really hard for even that to come up after it's been suppressed so many times. But, yes, if you can cut into the roots or do anything that you can. But I literally have, I have one place in my garden that, some stuff I have never figured out what to do about that I can't get rid of. And when a table fell over on top of it, it made me happy. So I wouldn't, this is not a piece of advice I would give lightly. So I'm, I'm, I also had the experience of, of uh, some clients of mine had the, the same plant die in the same place twice. And when they called me and said, you know, should we do this? What, what, what should we do before we plant another one? I said, put in a bird feeding station. And sure enough, they did, and it was fine. But you, we have to pick our battles, and that's why I say drop a, drop something on top of it. <laughs> Getting back to those turnips, let me finish this. Well, yeah. I'll let you go. Uh, I, I listen to you every Saturday, if I can't get you Saturday. <laughs> on Sunday. Can't call you then, but I can listen to you. But on them turnips, it's best to just get down there on the ground and get them with your hands and just take a hoe and come every four inches. Well, it depend on your your four feet wide in your bed. I would go from each side and work from the middle out to thin them. You know, you can use a tool or you can use your hands, but I would start from the middle and work out. Okay. Okay. I think I lost him. Thank you, though. Appreciate hearing from you. The reason for those of you who are saying, why wouldn't she use 888? Everybody uses 888. Yeah, I know. 888 is a farm agriculture fertilizer. First of all, I prefer things that are sourced from natural sources because I like the way they operate in my soil better. But the issue, particularly with 888, is that it is intended to be dropped out of the back of a tractor. So it is a very hard particle that has a lot of the carrier material around the actual fertilizer because it has to survive to get into the field. Since we don't have to do that in our home gardens, we're better off with a more granular type fertilizer that, or even, even a liquid that we mix up and put out in the water that gives us the opportunity to have a better, um, a, a better control over where the fertilizer goes, first of all, and a better effect on the soil itself. Okay? Okay. Oh, let's see. Where are we? Bob's in Summit on the text line. He's got he's got a good question. Um, I I posted today in the Garden Mama group a Delta snow flocks. Um, thanks, y'all in Leland for the plants, by the way. But why why are a lot of trees putting on new growth? He says I understood if we had a drought, maybe in rain, but now we're way above average in the rain category, and that may be why. But we're what we're seeing are changing things. I have seen I've seen. Um, Flowering magnolias with all their leaves on, putting on a flower, not the, not the evergreen ones that we expect, but the ones that we usually would see a bloom before the leaves. And I've, I've seen several different oddball things like that. I have a better crop of seeds on my palmetto than I have ever had in this 15 or 20 years that they've been in that spot. So I think we're just seeing an awful lot of new growth or new growth opportunities, I should say. Um, and a lot of trees, a lot of things are putting on those new leaves. So please don't start pruning them off. That in turn takes us just to that area where they start growing back. And then we get a cold snap and we can't control how much damage is done to the plant. At the least, you have to go back and prune it again after the, you know, when it gets to springtime. But at most, you can actually damage the plant. So we don't want to do that. 
Greg in Nettleton. What's going on with your crepe myrtle, sir? Hey, Greg. Hey, Garden Mom. I didn't hear. Come on. I had a quick question. I was trying to get in. Uh, 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 my, my Skepidon bush of vines just got over in one of my crepe myrtles. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they just, they big and gold and they just taste delicious. But anyway, uh, I was wondering uh, when they, when I pick them all off or they fall, uh, well, how much do I need to cut back, uh, get that get that kind of situated before it gets out of control again? <laughs> well, you need to do that in January. And what you're going to want to do right now is to look at the parts of it that are actually creating the chaos between these two plants and maybe tie a string or tie something on them so you know where you're going to prune. But you can prune as much as you need to, but do that in January. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, they are. I, I, I here to finish up a little mowing. This we got a good little sprinkle going this morning, so I was kind of getting that done. And and I was just eating them as I go. They're just hanging off the. the I love that. Marble. That's and funny. As I pass by, I'll grab me some. You well, know? it's not a bad picture, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Take right. care. See if you can stay dry out there. I do think we are going to see quite a bit of. Uh, or a bit of rainy weather. We've got a, a cold front that's going to blow across us from the west. Not a real cold front, but a, a cool. Let's look, let's call it a cool front. Let's call it what it is. It's a cool front. <laughs> um, let's see. Ronnie's in Prentice and has found an old muscadine vine wild. How can I bring part of it home next year? Um, in 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 January or even before that, when it, once it's lost its leaves, you can go dig it up, cut it back, and relocate it where you want it to go. The first thing to do right now, though, is to prepare the soil where you want it to grow and get you a sunny site, get you a a trellis up because you're going to need it. Once you get it moved in there, it's going to grow quickly. So give yourself that opportunity to do that first. But you can go ahead and do that moving. You will be pruning it when you move it. It's a big deal to do, but you can do that anytime really between November and February, anytime in there. We've got a big week in scuppernongs and muscadines, but this is really their prime time, so I can understand that. It's why we enjoy them so much. We have a we have a fall fun with them. I'm, I like uh, muscadine syrups. I like all of that stuff. It's it's really tasty, and as you say, sometimes the most fun is picking them when you're riding around in the woods. It can be a great deal of fun. I wanted to make sure that you know that even in a year when we've had more than average water, it's very important if you're putting in a lawn or if you have a new lawn to be sure that you're keeping the water handy, that you're using it as necessary. Sometimes we think that it looks kind of green, but it, particularly if it's new sod or it's growing things, growing pieces of plugs and stuff like that, those things can feel dry to the touch. They shouldn't. So I want you to make sure you're getting them enough water, soaking them deeply. A little bit of a passing shower isn't going to do it for a new lawn. So take care of that and make sure you put it on your to-do list. Um, We can say whatever we want to say, but if we were in Big Mamu, we'd be dancing right now. This is Weekend Gardening.
Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? The new degree of comfort. The water. A deeper connection with water can change your life. And that's what the home's first smart water network does. It turns your everyday routine into a customized experience. Moen, fill the baby's bottle. And it can stop a catastrophic leak with a simple (laughs) water designs our life. Who designs for water? Moen. Attention. If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. 
Check us out online at menshealthms.com. I love this piece of music. It's an oldie goldie, literally. I have um, recently been reflecting on things like this old music. This was uh, the theme when, yes, when once upon a time I was on on Mondays. But anyway, it's a long time ago and far, far away. It was right here, but it was far away. Anyway, um, I've been thinking about those things, and I'm really very lucky. I'm I'm. I do work hard. I maintain as, you know, strong a, a voice as I can in the garden world. But I'm really lucky, and I know that, to be able to have been playing this song, playing that song, and talking to y'all for all this time is a gift that I'm happy to earn every Saturday. Thank you so much for deciding that you needed to be part of Weekend Gardening. And, of course, guess what? We garden all the time. I think today's today. If we had a theme for today for the podcast, it would be muscadines because we're full of them today. Um, but I've also just learned something that I did not ever know. There was a there is an artist named Billy Currington, and he's the person who wrote the Sweet Tea song. Somebody just sent me that note. Um, it, the and, and it because he has gone on to do other. He's no longer in recording. He's releasing albums, but his most recent one released this year is is not a country album. And for somebody that can sound and sing and write like that, well, I just have to go listen to another one from him. So who knows? You might have new music. You never can tell. John is uh, once again um, really just sending me just beautiful, beautiful, inspiring photos today. He says that the some of the herbicides, of course, and we know that this has been a real problem for for us so much in, in so much of our habitat. But there are very few pine trees, he says, left in the Delta now because of the because the herbicides do so much and they they form gas, and we all are aware of all of those things, and it's not a good thing. I'm part of why I'm devoted to sustainability, and part of why so many of our farmers are too. But He's he's looking at new growth in the cypress swamp, and it is absolutely beautiful. I hope that uh, hope everybody has a chance to see that. I've, I've been getting worried about it because between the old cypress swamps and the old redwood forests, we, we're getting they're getting a little age on them. <laughs> they're getting more age on them than me for sure. And the problem is, of course, that we don't get to travel to see things. We go back to my drones. If you're not looking at I don't even care where you're seeing it, YouTube, Smithsonian, whatever you're doing. There's a million ways to look at something else than what you're seeing. It's a million ways to go and look at what you're growing in your garden and see how somebody else did it and make a decision as to whether that would be something helpful to you. We have so we have links and opportunities to so many good, good things. I hope that uh, hope that you will decide to take advantage of more of them. As the time as time goes by, I wrote about cabbages in the Garden Mama newsletter this week. Why did I do that? Because I love cabbages, and because somebody a long time ago said to me, "I'm not going to grow cabbages. It's too cheap. Why would I do that?" 
Well, it's because there's so many other kinds of cabbage that you might want to grow. So think about that. Well, I have, uh, at the risk of bringing up the Black Panthers, and I'm not doing that, so just don't start, the ivory-billed woodpecker has been declared extinct, along with 22 other species. Um, We've not seen them. We try not to give up hope. We really do work to continue to look for them and grainy videos, you know, and stuff that people post and people bring to the wildlife officials. But the government scientists say that they cannot find these 23 species anywhere, um, and that's why they've had to add them to the list. Unfortunately, we've got – it's just very – when they were put on the endangered list, it it was rare. But in this particular case, um, it is, in fact, the – the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's ivory-billed woodpeckers, last, the last picture of them is there, and nobody has seen them now for decades. I know there's people that believe they've seen them. We don't know if they've seen them. We don't have definitive photographs or video. Okay? So don't argue with me. Argue with the wildlife people. I'm happy to bring them to you, then you can argue with them. Speaking of which, um, I don't know who I was doing talks, but I will be doing a talk in the new version of the Fall Garden Fest at the Truck Crops Experiment Station in Crystal Springs. I will be Zooming in, and you all will be there at 11 o'clock on Thursday for Garden Mama Tells All. Now, it's also going to stream on Facebook, so if, like me, you want to see Christine Coker do tabletop, you know, um, salad table gardening, or if you want to see anybody, there's a bunch of speakers, go msucares.com, get to the Fall Garden Fest, you'll see all of that. It's really wonderful for us to have the opportunity to once again get a chance to talk. I'm just not in a position to be able to go out and do, but I can zoom in, so that's wonderful. I'm happy to tell you that we will again be doing Cut flower growing. We'll be starting up again at the uh, end of this month, beginning of November. We're going to be doing another round of classes for another year. I'm very happy about that. Thanks to the NRCS for their support. And uh, thanks, of course, to Donnie Yowell for putting the program together so I get to teach. It's wonderful. Appreciate that very, very much. I am one of the people that has said from the beginning, Varroa mites, Varroa mites, Varroa mites. Well, what does that mean? What we're talking about are the threats to honeybees. They were a threat because of the issues that they bring to us, bring to the problems. They bring the virus in that is deadly, okay? But all this time we've been looking at all these other threats because they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Fortunately, a study has been published in the um, September's iScience. I love this. They are working on a natural compound that could prevent or reverse the effect of the virus in the bees. So what we're looking at, of course, is the it's a, it's a sodium butyrate, which is a chemical compound that's found in many, many plants. Anyway, it's known to um, express the increased ex- gene expression in some genes in animals. And indeed, those are the ones Im- increasingly identified as involved in learning and also in immune responses. So this is a really good potential that they've been working on, a potential um, hive treatment that, if it worked, 
could protect the bees from the deadly virus and using a naturally occurring plant compound, then we don't have other impacts from it. It's a it's a really wonderful thing. I hope that it will turn out there. They, what they found, of course, is that when the mites are there and they introduce the the dead the deadly virus, um, bees that were fed the compound in this particular case before they were infected were literally nine times more likely to survive the virus. Well, that's huge compared to the ones that because what happens is they get lost and they can't find their way back to the hive. So the good news is that if we can treat them before it happens, somehow we're managing to help to save them. I like that. Um, <laughs> beautiful fish, John. We're we're out. Everybody's out fishing today. That's beautiful. Um, that's fun to watch. Y'all have just given me a beautiful morning of looks from all around our state, all around the South. There's so much to do. Get in touch with me, Mama on Air at yahoo.com. Let's see what's going on this week and come back next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to Viasat.com slash internet now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T dot com slash internet now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See Viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.